Well, hello, everybody. It is September 4, 2023, and Stacey Hamm, we are inching closer and closer to the Ryder Cup. We now have we have, now have full teams selected for both sides, and I don't know about you, but I am really freaking excited. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. You know, once you got the tap, captain pick last week from Zach, or this week from Zach Johnson, or last week and this week, uh, from uh, Luke Donald, man, it's exciting, exciting. So we know, but of course, there's always some heartache and pain for the guys who are selected and didn't get selected. But we know who's on both teams, so now it's ready to ready to go, ready so, for Rome. So I, I, I want to talk to you about that, uh, about your impressions of the U.S. team, because uh, I did I did the little emergency podcast last week because you had work issues that came up. Um, so I gave yeah. I gave my opinions. Uh, and I'll let you give yours. But first, uh, you know, it's been uh, quite a week. This was week one of the college football season. Uh, I don't know about you. You you were off playing golf today. Did you uh, see any of the end of this Clemson-Duke game? I saw Duke put the woods on. Duke, Duke took, uh, took Clemson to the woodshed. I think Duke wants to get into a major conference. I think Duke doesn't want to be Oregon State or Washington State if the ACC breaks up, they want to say, Hey, we're not just good basketball school. We're a football school too. And get taken by, uh, wherever North Carolina goes. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, I, it was a great game and I don't know where that coach came from, but man, that team was really, really, I just watched the tail end of it. I actually, I watched the tail end of Luther Richard. Uh, he's an amazing man, but he was just like, in a weird place in life at the time, you know, when it comes to homosexuality and all that stuff. But I watched the end of that, and then I watched that Clemson game. What an amazing game! Duke is good, and I don't know where the guy, where the coach, head coach, come from. I don't, I don't know, but he is good. Uh, yeah, really good. I mean, I've never seen that many fans. They don't have that many uh, students at the school. So many people got onto the freaking stadium and to the uh, ran onto the field. I was like, man, the student body is about five thousand people. Well, it's a small school. It's a small private school. Yeah, it's a small. But yep. uh, very oh. impressed. It wasn't so, you know, I, I knew Duke's offense was good because the quarterback, Riley Leonard, is is thought of as yep. a possible first rounder. But who would have thought their defense was so good? I know. I but mean, their defense stop, dominated, stop, dominated. Fumble. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was amazing. Now, did you, see, amazing. did you see the other, you know, big upset of the week was Deion Sanders' Colorado team beating oh TCU. Did you, I watched almost that whole game. It was fascinating how, you know, how I, I didn't watch it, but I watched the highlights and I talked to my brother. He and his uh, my nephew watched it, and he goes, "That kid was amazing, Sadir Sanders. Yeah. Can you just name the kid normal? Can you just name him Sammy Samuels or something, or Dion the Third? I don't. They can't even say the kid's name. Jason. But anyway, he's a good player. Is he going to be a top prospect? I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how how big he is, but I guess the the you know the height of a quarterback doesn't matter so much anymore. Look at Bryce Young. But he was, yeah, he true. was, I remember just, just well, watching that game, some of his first throws were long throws where he just dropped, you know, bombs right into the basket. Perfect throw. You know what, I, I, it, the kid is good, but you know, I have a problem with this Sanders dude. He's kind of a loud mouth, Rich. Like, well, okay, you won. Everyone doubted you. Just say, you know what? I'm just happy to be here. Thanks. Thanks to the Buffalo's people, the, the, the boosters for giving me $29.5 million. 
and I'm just happy to be here. But then he just gets up there and bombards everyone. Oh, I'm like, just be quiet. Just say thanks. My team's good. We're ready for the next game. Move on. I don't yeah. get it. We appreciate TCU. They put up a good game today. Uh, very proud of my boys, especially my son. But uh, yeah, but it was it was a fun game to watch. Now our yeah. our two teams, Oregon played Portland State, which is oh, you God, know, which is kind of like kind of like Mike Tyson taking on Rick Moranis. You know, yeah, uh, it was eighty one. Yeah. It was like one team had a basketball score and the other team had a baseball score, and neither team had a football score. Right. Yeah, I mean that's sad to beat someone by eight. I mean, did, did, did you watch any of the game, Rich? Well, I was watching Maryland do something similar to another, you know, F FCS Townsend State. Uh, I was watching Maryland and turning, you know, every once in a while to Oregon. But yeah, it wasn't. It's, it's not fun to watch something like that. It's kind of embarrassing. Let me ask you this: What as Portland State? I mean, they're in a shitty conference, anyways, right? They're, the big, big uh, they're not in the mountain. They're big. Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're, they're big there's like sky. five schools in the big sky. But but what happens like is football that makes does football make any money for that school? I think I think this is how they make their money. They uh, go know, get whacked. How get much whacked. do they get for playing Oregon? I don't know, but now they're going next week and going to get whacked by Wyoming. Probably not as bad, but I just feel sorry. Yeah. I mean, you know, they're going to get guys hurt, and and it's not. You know. Well, that's what they said. That's what happened last year. Like uh, I think, but who plays? Who was it? Washington played someone like they played Portland State or something, one of the schools. And the guy was like, he took all of the starters. He he said this year he the Portland State guy took his starters out early. He goes to his last year after playing Washington the first game. Seven of the guy like eight of his starters got hurt. They were pretty hurt for most most of the year. Yeah. I mean, it's not worth it like getting that money, but it's, like, it's, look at this, a lot of these these schools. Do they even need football? And then Rich, with this whole Big Twelve, Big Ten, I just feel sorry for all these I mean, yes, they're doing it for basketball, for football, but what happens to the kids that play golf and play like softball? Well, exactly. And exactly what happens? What what happens when when you have to have a diving competition between UCLA and Rutgers? You know, and you got to. Yeah. Well, I tell you what, I only placed one bet this weekend. Uh, and okay. It was, and it what was, was the deer Daniels only still two hundred thirty yards? No. You know who? You know I don't. I don't bet a whole lot. I I bet things that I that I'm pretty sure are going to win. And the one game this this week this weekend that I was sure was going to win was Oregon State playing San Jose State because oh I God. knew that Oregon State would be pissed, and I knew that yeah. their coach would rev up their players to be pissed that they're not going to be in a league next year, and yeah. they put a whooping on San Jose State, and uh, yeah, I that was and that was thirteen and zero. That was my one game, and I would, if anyone out there bets football, I would uh, watch Oregon State, and I would bet them as often as you can because I think they're going to, uh, I think they're going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder all year. I don't know enough about Washington State. To, well, they to got the kid from Clemson, right? Yeah, he was great. He's a quarterback. He was terrible yeah. at Clemson. Maybe there's a problem at Clemson because this kid today, uh, the, who was supposed to be, you know, the number one recruit in the country, uh, just like DJ. Uh, Ugalele was supposed to be the number one re recruit in the country. He looked terrible today. And yeah. and DJ looked terrible at Clemson. And he was fantastic uh, against San yeah. Jose State. They gave him a little and time. They, and anytime he got a little time, he had a big arm. He can run. Yeah. He, you know, he was accurate. Uh, it was very impressive. I mean, there's some good quarterbacks. And I watched that Washington State. I, I watched the highlights of that Washington, University of Washington game. That guy's a good quarterback. Man, is he good. Now, and that team's good. Now you played you played 
over the weekend and you played again today. And you said you yeah, shot yeah, an but, 83 today, but you had three. I shot 83 today. Oh, God. What, what, I had what, three what, doubles. What course were you I on? played Stone Creek with a couple of my coworkers. It was Stone Creek out in uh, Oregon City. It's a nice course. A well-designed course. Man, I missed some birdies. I, oh, God, I hit it well. And amazing. I had a lot of close putts and missed a bunch of them. But, yeah, it was really fun. Finally, hitting it well. And I go to Bandon. This, um, I leave for Bandon on Thursday. Nice. I'm going to band with Calamejo for three days, I think. So well, I have, can't wait. You're going to have to report back to all, to all of our listeners what Bandon's like. Uh, yeah, you I will know, It's kind of a, a mystery place to a lot of people. It's, everybody says it's it's you know one of the great courses in the country, but because major competitions aren't generally held there because it's a, in a remote location, people don't yeah. know about it. But really, is Bandon more remote than Whistling Straits? Really? No, no. I, I, you know, Rich, I definitely think a Ryder Cup would be great there. I mean, I don't, the people would have to drive to Coos Bay. They'd have to drive to Bandon. You know, I think it would be a great place to ride a cup. I really do. Because everyone drove to Wisconsin, but you can't drive to a town like Portland. That's the thing. Yeah, we drove Portland, to Wisconsin. Portland's too far away. There would have to be it's enough. too far away. Yeah, there'd be, have to be enough places to stay in Coos Bay, right? I mean, it'd be great Coos Bay and then go up to Bandon, but man, it's a, it would be a great course for like a Ryder Cup. It really would. Maybe they'll have the President's Cup there or something, but you know, those guys all have private jets, so they're just flying right in there anyways. The well, fans are just a problem for the fans. But remember what our friend Gay Davis told us, that they don't like to hold these competitions on the West Coast uh, because yeah. of the time difference for Europe. It just puts, yeah, things, it puts things too late in the day for Europe. Yeah. All right. I mean, yeah, well, it was great. It was a great weekend. I'm glad you had a good weekend with Sanders. Okay. Well, Stacy, uh, again, last week I did the emergency pod after the picks came in from uh, from Zach Johnson, and he selected uh, for his captain's picks the guys that you were, that we were absolutely certain were going to get predicted uh, picked as captain's picks: Jordan Spieth and Colin Morikawa. Uh, and Ricky Fowler. I think everybody kind of agreed those guys would get picked. But then he he selected Brooks Kepka and seemed to have no reservations about picking somebody off the live tour. He picked Justin Thomas, which is, I think, by far the most controversial pick. And he picked Sam Burns. Uh, and uh, we I ran a poll. Uh, who was who got left off? Who Who was the biggest snub? And I put on there... Uh, Cameron Young, Keegan Bradley, Tony Finau, and as the fourth choice, some of the other live guys. I didn't put Lucas Glover. I put some of the, I said any other live guy. And uh, the overwhelming majority, 60% of people said, who do you think? Lucas Glover. Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley. Keegan Bradley. 60% thought Keegan Bradley. And looking at it objectively, I agree with them. Keegan Bradley. That's who who I would say. Keegan Bradley. Um, So why don't you, why don't you tell everybody what you thought? Um, we actually nailed it. I told everybody we nailed it. We picked the who, not who we thought should be on the team, but when we said we, who we thought Zach Johnson would put on the team, we actually, I think, got six out of six. Wow. Well, I'll tell you, Rich, you know how I feel about the whole thing. I, I think Keegan Bradley, I mean, the reason we made these picks after the, uh, after the uh, playoffs, right? The FedEx Cup playoffs, so we can get the hot player. You remember? Uh, Billy Horschel was left off that year after winning the FedEx Cup. Right. So if you really want to get guys that are going to form, I mean, this FedEx Cup is the top 30 players. These guys have played consistently all year to be in the top. So I think you got to go with, I mean, 
I think you got to put Keegan Bradley up there and you got to put Lucas Glover up there just because Lucas Glover had an amazing year. He's a phenomenal ball striker. He's a gutsy guy. And Keegan Bradley is just red ass. Like you always say, he's a tough guy. And I think having those guys, I think if you took out JT, Mr. America, they call him not Captain America, but Mr. America, you know, I think if you took away him or you took away Sam Burns, I think you have a jet. The team would be just as good, if not better. It's just, and, and it just rubs me the wrong way. And I, I said this on, on Wednesday night it, it, or Tuesday night, it rubs me the wrong way that the biggest rationale you can have for taking Sam Burns over Keegan Bradley is religion is the fact that Sam Burns yeah. and Scotty Scheffler are Bible study, you know, pals. Yeah. He's not. And he Jack not, Johnson is one of those. Sam Burns, too. Sam Burns, you know, did win the match play, but he hasn't really even threatened to win anything since the match play. And Keegan Bradley's no. played played well all summer. And then there's Justin Thomas. I mean, you know, I, I agree. I, I just think Justin Thomas, yeah, you want him up there just to buddy up with Steve. But putting those two guys, running those two guys out there, Rich, you're not running them out the first thing on Thursday morning. I mean, they can't be the first group off, uh, the two I, of them. I hope not. I mean, if they are, we were looking for an ass whipping because you can't run those two guys off. I mean, hey, could you run Keegan Bradley and Lucas Glover off and have a good chance? Uh, maybe. Could you run uh, Keegan Bradley with Scotty Scheffler or Lucas Glover and Scotty Scheffler have a good chance over Sam Burns? Maybe. So I just think we should have taken those two guys. I think JT and uh, Sam Burns should have been left off and Keegan Bradley and Lucas Glover should have been added to that team. I just think you got to you got to reward the hot players, and that's what that's why they made these picks. And bottom line, Rich, I think they need to go back to uh, eight guys, ten guys make it, and two captains fit. And that way, it's fair that everyone has to play to make the team. What do you What do you think about that? I, I think that they did this as a reaction to maybe some poor picking by Tom Watson and uh, leaving off Billy Horschel in 2014. And it was an over, like most things, it was an overreaction. I think yeah. nine and three is perfectly fine. That's what it used to be. Nine, yeah. and, nine and three is perfectly fine. I uh, think we need to go back to that system. Because you know what? The guys that play in the top deserve to make it, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and if you would have went through the top nine and three, how, who would have made it and, on the and, team? Yeah. Uh, well, Cameron Young would have made it. Uh, Keegan Bradley, I, th I still wouldn't have. Keegan Bradley, I think, was 11. But I think here's okay. the other thing that you do. You you weigh the results towards the last, you know, two or three months. You know, you find yeah. a way to give more points for the tournaments in the last three months and the playoffs. Yeah. That's that's the other thing that you do is, you know, is you don't reward guys who play well. You know, the Jimmy Walkers who play well in January and February but don't do anything the rest of the year. You reward the guys who are hot by giving more points to the events that take place in uh, July, August, and September on tour. And, and, with the, that, and, and with that being said, Lucas Glover and Keegan Bradley would have made it over Sam Burns and Justin Thomas. Uh, mo most likely. Well, listen yeah, to this. And maybe Brooks Kepka too. So, well, listen, listen to this. So here are the world rankings of the U.S. team, okay? Now, remember, the world rankings also is weighted over two years. But... Here's the world rankings of the U.S. team. Scotty Scheffler's world number one. Then you have Patrick Cantlay, Xander Schauffele, five and six, Homa seventh, and Harmon eighth, and Clark ten. So you have you do have six of the top ten players in the world. Then you have Jordan Spieth, who's number twelve in the world. Brooks Kepka fifteen, Colin Morikawa is nineteen, Sam Burns twenty, 
Justin Thomas, 25, although we know he's not playing like that. And then you have Ricky Fowler, who's 26, who's playing better than that. The guys left off. Keegan Bradley is number 16 in the world right now. Cameron Young, number 17. And uh, the only other person rated higher than Ricky Fowler is Tony Finau, who's 21. But, I, I, you know, I understand and Tony Finau being left off. He's been out of form for a while. That's fine. He has been out of form. Yeah. He's out of form for a while. All right. What, what, I mean, he's got, did you see, did I see the article Tony Finau is being sued by the guys that I gave did. him money before? I did Jeez. see that. I saw that. So Tony Finau took, what, $500,000 to get his pro career going, he and his family. And I, he may have promised, you know, in order of doing that, some percentage of his of his uh, earnings over his professional career, and he hasn't paid these people. And, and yeah, two, but the first time, the first course got the first case got thrown out of court, but now they're going back. So I don't know. So there are two people actually suing. I saw that's that's uh, yeah story. Two people are suing. And I saw another story today about Daniel Berger. So catch this. So Daniel What's Berger. What's the matter with him? He his back pain. But apparently he has a normal MRI. So he went to some some you know specialized physiotherapist and has been doing some sort of treatment for his back. And he says he's just about ready to come back to tour. Um, cool. So which would be good. He you know he was saying it was it's sad for him because he was you know top twenty in the world and he basically has to start again. Uh, he's missed yeah, so much. He got med- he got medical exemption, all right. He'll get, him, he'll get a medical exemption, but he's not going to get into like all the big tournaments because he, he's not top uh, top 75, you know, in the FedEx, he's going to have to earn his way back into the top 75 again. And everybody, well, he's a young this, enough guy. Yeah. Everybody listens to this podcast. He just turned 30. Uh, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that Daniel Berger's, you know, he, he is my favorite because, you know, his dad was one of my tennis idols, but anyway, uh, just, I got to say, Rich, before we move on, I got to say, I've been watching these American guys and t- girls in tennis. It's amazing. I like the Shelton kids. I mean, it's just that amazing. Match, that match between Tommy Paul and, and, and Shelton yesterday was fantastic. Oh, my God. And Shel- so Shel- good. Shelton's going to be a superstar. You know, I, again, a lot of the audience knows I played, you know, high-level tennis. Oh, wow, what a catch. I'm watching the – that was Gunnar Henderson. I think, talk about superstars. Uh, uh, what a catch. Um, the Orioles, uh, just about to beat the angels. Um, but, uh, uh, you know, I played high level tennis, you know, junior tennis and into some into college. Uh, it actually was Jordan Westberg. A lot of these kids that that Shelton kid is that was a head coach at university of Florida. So he went there for how many, was he there all four years? He was there four years, NCAA champion. He is single, right? He, he is, is good, he's amazing. And he's oh he's a young and he's only 20, 21 years old. He's just on tour. Um, Francis Tiafo. Uh Francis do, do you Tiafo. know the story of Francis Tiafo? Yeah, his dad was a janitor at the freaking uh, at the place, right? Right. They're they, immigrants. They right? built they they're they're from Sierra Leone. His dad helped build the uh you know the junior tennis performance center, and then they kept him on as a janitor, let him live there uh while he tried to bring his wife over. And, uh, you know, the boys basically lived there until, wow. uh, until Francis, his, his brother, he has a brother who played college tennis, but isn't as good, but eventually he was taken, you know, down to Florida to, to, uh, you know, to a training center. But, uh, I love Francis Tiafo. He is, a, he's I a mean, cool dude. He's that's going to be guy. a great, he's a good dude. And that's going to be a great match tomorrow. And Taylor, Shelton Fritz, and, and Taylor Fritz is number six in the world. He's the highest ranked of all of them. And on the, yeah, and, and on he the, gets, yeah. 
and, and, and he gets uh, Djokovic tomorrow, and he's he's zero and seven against Joker. But maybe this is the day he beats. And then because the, the Spanish kid is amazing. On oh, Alcaraz is amazing, and, but I think Shelton's the one who could be you know a guy who challenges for for. Uh, for you think Shelton beats Tiafoe tomorrow? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I'm saying yeah, in, the, in the long run, Shelton is the superstar. Is the next superstar. American yeah. superstar. Way to go, Orioles. Orioles just won. And then on the women's side, uh, Madison Keys beat the Pagula girl today. She uh, did. She beat her, huh? She beat her, yeah. You know, uh, Pagula, she's the daughter of the owner of the Buffalo Bills. Oh, she is? Yeah, it's her dad. Uh, this is cute. And she has a cute girl. Her Co- sister has a cute girlfriend. Today, and right Coco- on the well, think of, think of cute. Carolyn Wozniacki, she's beautiful, but but uh, oh yeah, but, she's uh, married to David Lee. I didn't realize she was married to David Lee and have two kids. You know, David Lee, the lefter that played at Golden State. Oh my gosh, she she remember she used to date Rory. She's I thought she dated uh, no, she, Sergio. Or, no, she dated Rory. She did. Wow. Rory. Wow. Um, but yeah. uh, she liked those spark. Those she used to kind of have kids with stars, huh? Yeah. Well, she's she's a star. She was world number one for a long time. And Coco yeah. Goff, Coco Golf still in. She was the one who beat Woz, uh, Wozniacki. It's been a great, great U.S. Open, especially yeah, the best Get U.S. It. Open for the yeah. Americans in a long time. All right, in a long time. So let's I let, love it. Let's go. Let's go. Let's talk about the the DP tournament, the Omega Masters. This was the oh best DP field in a long time, and and I, I think you'll agree with me that the results of this tournament uh, highly influenced the selections of Luke Donald. Oh, totally. I mean, uh, the uh, Aberg, that guy's a, that guy's great. But uh, you know, McIntyre didn't play that well. He looked worn out, like he's stressing out too much about it. He finished like four under. But I tell you, Rich, it was good. It really was. I think it made a huge decision. That Aberg kid had to make it. And there's no way he didn't make it. He's the best amateur in the world. He's won a tournament. There's no way you leave him off, right? Well, you know, uh, I think it's I think it's. It's hard. I mean, you know, he has doesn't have a large professional body of work, but he was the number one amateur in the world. He was competitive basically all summer on the PGA Tour once he turned pro. And he shoots 64 on Sunday to pass Matthew Fitzpatrick, uh, you know, one a top 10 player in the world and win this tournament uh, that had basically most of the stars of European golf uh, playing yeah. in the tournament save you know, the, 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 you know, the guys like John Rahm and Rory McIlroy didn't play, you know, uh, Fleetwood and Hatton didn't play, but uh, Fitzpatrick played and uh, Shane Lowry played and, and all these other Ryder Cup hopefuls all played. And, you know, Aberg uh, wins by, by two shots over Alexander Bjork and three shots over Matthew Fitzpatrick uh, and Colin Syme. Uh, four shots over Juice Leuten and Nikolai Hoygaard, Alex Fitzpatrick, uh, Eric Von Royen uh, tied eighth with Gavin Green, uh, Eddie Pepperell, uh, and and Oliver Becker. Some of these other guys who were in contention for the Ryder Cup, I mean, Adrian Moronk played well. He's tied 13th. Uh, Guido Migliosi tied 13th, too little, too late. Uh, Yannick Paul tied 20th. Jordan Smith tied 20th. Uh, Matthew Wallace tied 24th. Let's see. Uh, I think Rasmus Hoygaard yeah, uh, missed the cut. Um, I, Isaac Harrington tied 20th. Wow, that guy's playing well. I know. He's playing well. But uh, with this money, this money is terrible. 
I mean, this guy got four hundred twenty-five thousand dollars euros. Is that all he got? Wow, for that's this, all he got for I mean, this tournament. Yeah, Matthew Fitzpatrick is one hundred forty-five thousand euro, one hundred forty-one thousand euros. Wow. I mean, that's the problem with this poor rich. No one. Yes, you're playing for the five hundred eighty-five points, but the money is not good. Well, we've said we've said it before that really what they ought to do when they have these elevated events, they should you know open up. Uh, other events for you know for PGA players to play on the DP World Tour and get better players in these events for more money. Um, so I mean, the, if I'm a guy from the PGA Tour, who wouldn't want to go to Switzerland, be treated like a king, go there and have some fun? Yeah. It's beautiful. It, it, the golf is good. I don't know. I don't understand it. Well, that's so, why we need to sign that deal with Liz so we can open up and make it a real worldwide tour. I mean, well, I, I was apparently for, I Jay, it, Monahan, I Jay, Jay Monahan came out and said that instead of the wraparound season, there's going to be 18 world events that are going to be open to the live tour and to PGA tour players and Asian oh, tour wow. players. Uh, you know, I think during that wraparound season, cause they're going to get rid of the wraparound season. Uh, so there's going to be 18 events around the world. And I think, I think that's a great idea. Yeah. I just, I wish they would, uh, well, you know, I'd like to see them get rid of the live tour entirely, but, but, I, I wish they would do more of that. Make it more of a like tennis. Make it more like tennis. Yeah. Make it more yep. like tennis. I agree. I totally agree. But I mean, I just look at these results. I mean, I'm glad the Aberg kid won because I think you did have a lot of uh, influence on how the captain made his pick on the European side. So, so let's, I, I, don't, I, I think if he wouldn't have won, he probably wouldn't have gotten the pick. I don't. Maybe. I don't think. I don't I, think he would have gotten a pick. Um, so, so let's go over. Uh, Let's go over Luke Donald's picks, which came out earlier today. Um, so the the guys who made it um, on points were Roy McElroy, John Rahm, uh, Robert McIntyre, Victor Hovland, uh, Ty Hatton, and Matthew Fitzpatrick. Uh, yep. Tommy Fleetwood, Sepp Straka, Justin Rose, Shane Lowry, Nikolai Hoygaard, and Ludwig Aberg were the captain's picks. And as, as I mentioned before, the guys who were bypassed, who would have been in the 11th and 12th positions, were uh, Adrian Moronk and Alex Noren. Now, you can say Alex Noren didn't have a great year. He didn't have a signature you know, win. Yeah. But Adrian Moronk, Stacy, was third in the race to Dubai. He won the Australian Open, the Irish Open, and the Italian Open on the Marco Simone course. You got to choose that guy. And you got to choose I mean, that guy. You, you got to choose him. Three times, and Shane Lowry didn't play very well. I mean, Seth Straka, yes, he's a good choice. Justin Rose, he's in the he's in good form. Shane Lowry, you probably got to pass on him. Put uh, Moronk on the team. Yeah, or, or I mean, you, you know, I, I, think, I think you can make the argument that Moronk belonged on the team before Nikolai Hoygaard. Uh, I think you can make the argument before uh, Shane Lowry or before Lucas Aberg. Uh, I think you can, yeah. I, mean, you, I think you can make the argument that, that his performance on the DP world tour was superior to all three of those guys. Uh, yeah. And there's a lot of consternation on the European side. They actually, the, the, this, what, what is being said by the European golf critics is that he was betrayed, that he was basically told he was on the team. Oh, seriously? Yeah. But, uh, you know, look. Screwing the Polish look, guy. Luke Donald's not going to play these guys. You know, Lucas Aberg and and Nikolai Hargard, I, I would be surprised if they 
have more than two chances to get out there. I, I mean, I would play them more than Shane Lowry. Well, I mean, yeah, seriously. Well, I yeah. mean, I mean, think about it. Aberg and Nikolai Hogarth over the last couple of years have been better than Shane Lowry. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they've won the big tournament. I mean, Hogarth, he's won a lot of big, he's won a few times on tour, yeah. on the DP World Tour. And he played, I mean, know, unlike, I, unlike his brother who didn't come over to the U.S. and play this year, Hoygaard came over to the U.S. and he was, what, he finished second one week and he, yeah. was, he was in I mean, contention. He's going to be a star in the PGA Tour, yeah. definitely. But I, I think I think Shane Lowry might be the guy who's not going to play as much. I mean, I think I think you got to run Hoygaard and they're young, they're rookies. I mean, they, they, they're just going to fire it and they just, uh, he's one all over the, the map. So I mean, he's the number one ranked player in the world as an amateur, so he'll be fine. I think he can play against, and that swing is amazing. I think he'll be fine. Okay, so so I went ahead and I looked at the world rankings of these guys on the European side, and Rory McIlroy is number two in the world right now. John Rahm, number three. Victor Hovland, number four. Matthew Fitzpatrick, number eight. Wow. Terrell Hatton, number 13, and Tommy Fleetwood, number 14. So they actually have six of the top 14 players in the world. Uh, which and we is have six good. of the top 10, huh? And we have six of the top 10, but that's pretty darn close. And when you look at who's in form and who's not in form, I'd say, you know, I, w- I would take those six Europeans over, over the six Americans. Uh, yeah. Then you have Sepp Strakos, number 23 in the world, Justin Rose, 34, Shane Lowry, 37, Robert McIntyre's 54, which I think is accurate. I think he's about the 50th best player in the world. I think yeah. that's accurate. Nikolai Hoygaard, so. yep. as of today, was 78 in the world, which seems low to me for Definitely how he's done. So. Uh, Ludwig, but it's those two European tournaments that you win. Uh, they are not they worth a lot of points. That's they, the problem. That's right. And Ludwig Aberg is number 90. But, you know, again, remember, this is a two-year weight, you know, weighted average. And Ludwig Aberg has yeah. only, you know, accrued points over the course of, what, two months now. So, yeah, I mean, he's number 90 already. So, I mean, geez, next year, if he wins a couple more times, he plays more on the Europe, on the America. I mean, he's going to play pretty much full time on the, on the, on the U.S. tour, right? Yeah. On the PGA tour. Well, yeah, remember, yeah. he was, because he was number one on the, uh, on the PGA U, he gets full time status on the PGA tour for being number yeah. one. And, wow. you know, he went to Texas Tech. So he's familiar, of course, you know, you know I think that that's his goal. Um, yeah, that's awesome. but I, I heard an interview with him. He's very excited to be on the Ryder cup team. He's like, he could never have imagined this. And it's all, it's well, that cool. guy got perfect. That English is so perfect. I, there's no hint of an accent or anything. You, did you hear him talk about the interview the other day? Yeah. 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 I, me. Amazing. The Scandinavians. I mean, they, they have, uh, well, I mean, of the European team, the one with the least accent is Sepp Straka. Cause he's essentially, his accent is more Georgia yeah. than it is Austria. Yeah, um, he's just as Georgian as Brian Harmon. And Victor Hovland, you can barely tell either. I mean, he yeah. still lives in Stillwater, Oklahoma. He doesn't even live he, in Jupiter, Florida. He lives in Still. Have you ever been to Stillwater, Oklahoma? I have. No, my, I have never been. There. I had a dog. My dog before my current dog, Osmo, my dog, well, two dogs before because we had Dilly, uh, the Corky. But I had a standard poodle, uh, Momo, who wound up getting paralyzed from a disc herniation while she was with my mom and dad in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, we took her to Stillwater to the Oregon State University Veterinary School and they fixed her. They, they, she was paralyzed. Wow. Her hind legs were paralyzed and they fixed her. Uh, there is wow. nothing in Stillwater. 
It is. It, it is. It's a university. I'm surprised town. that guy still lives there. It's cold in the winter. How does he live? I mean, he must be cheap. Now he has $20 million. What the hell? Go, go move to Florida, man. What's going well, you on? Know, you know what he said? He, he said? he said, what are you going to do? He goes, well, I guess when I go to Chipotle, I'll get the extra guac. Oh, my God. He lives like he's a college kid. Yeah. And by the way, he went to college and everything was free. Yeah. Extra guac. Extra guac. He's so cool. Shit. Everybody loves Victor Hovland. He is kind of Everybody cool. loves Victor Hovland. He does have a punchable face. But everybody loves Victor. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Everybody loves Victor Havlund. So, all right. So we'll have a lot more in the coming weeks about the Ryder Cup. We have two more episodes, Stacy, before we head off to uh to Europe. And uh I, I'm 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 gonna tease. I think I might have a very special, very unique guest that probably nobody else in the world of golf will have. Um, but I gotta I gotta work on it. Uh okay. prior prior to uh uh, prior to going over, I'm going to try to get him one of the next two weeks. Uh, someone with, no. with oh, that's some, all. Okay. someone, I will, all I'll say is he will have a unique view of the Marco Simone course. That's, that's, that's like all it. I'm going to say. All right. So coming up, coming up next couple of weeks, we need to do, we'll do our pick for the, uh, you know, our pairing. Yep. We'll also do a review of the course. Hopefully we'll have the chat on to do a review of the course. And then there's not very much going on next couple of weeks. I know next week I'm going off. I won't be home until Sunday, so we might have to do it on Monday. So yeah, I'll be perfect. That's fine. Well, next week there's not a tournament next week, right? And then the fourth. No, no DP tour. Uh, there might be a DP tour, tour tour event, but I know the PGA tour doesn't start until the Fortnite, which is the week after. That okay, cool. that Justin Thomas is supposed to play. All right. So okay. so we're gonna we're gonna talk about the uh, Walker Cup, and we're gonna talk about the uh, uh, LPGA tournament. The LPGA, yeah. the LPGA played here in Portland on your home course, Stacy. They played on my home course, and it's sad to say I never went out. I never go to watch this tournament because you know I just want to go work on my own game. We, Only we went, the tournament I we yeah. went when it was at Pumpkin Ridge. We uh, went when it was at PK, yeah, and that was fun. I mean, that was fun. It was fun. My, my I mean, I should go. I, I should go next year. You and I are going to go. We're going to get my tickets into the box, and we're going to go walk around and watch these girls. We yeah. get up close and personal. My 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 son was in town this weekend and this weekend and I, he wouldn't have wanted to go. He's not he's not a golfer or a golf fan. But you know what we did this weekend? You know what I did this weekend with my son? It's so what, cute. My son. What'd you do? My son is. 20, oh, did you put the puzzle together? Yeah. You do the. My, uh, my okay. son is twenty six years old. He's wonderful. I asked him what he wanted for his birthday. He just turned twenty six, and when we were when we were little, we spent a lot of time making. Legos, and we made like all the complex. We made the Death Star, we made the London Bridge, uh, we made a, a working carousel, and he said he wanted to do a Lego set with me, like old times. So we made this amazing Pac-Man set. It looks like a Pac-Man console. You'll have to come over and see it. It has working. Did lights. you finish it? Yeah, it has working wow. lights. You pull a crank and you see Pac-Man and 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 Inky Blinky. Uh, wow. Pinky, Inky, Blinky, Pinky, and Clyde run around, and Pac-Man's chasing them. There's cherries there. It's absolutely- how much time did it take you guys? Uh, day and a half. Yeah, oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, we did. We did a good job. But anyway, we weren't going to a golf tournament. But anyway, tell tell everybody what happened uh, at uh, Columbia. Columbia. Well, yeah, I'd had to say I played the course more than uh, four seventy-two holes, and I've never come up with a score of twenty-six under. Uh, the winning girl is Shanita Wanasan. She, uh, she's Thai. This is an amazing story. She had missed, she's a Monday qualifier. She had missed nine cuts in a row. And she played, she shot nine under in the last round. 
for a total of 26 under. And like I said, I play there a lot, and I've never shot under par at the course, and this girl shoots 26 under. I guess I'm a terrible golfer, and she's do, good. Do they, play, uh, they, do, do, do they play from the back tees, or do they do they play from? They, they mix it up, I think. I think they play a mix of white and blues. I think that's how they do it there from some of the boxes. But, yeah, I mean, that's still a low score. And, you know, of course, she's, she's 19 years old, Rich, and now she's won her first tournament. 19 After years missing old. nine cuts in a row. Oh my yeah, gosh. and a month and a Monday qualifier at that she qualifies on Monday to make it and then she wins. Uh, then she beats the Chinese girl Lin. Uh, she beats her who came in second at twenty two under. Uh, Saganda, uh, she hasn't been playing very much. Uh, Saganda girls, you know, uh, Charlotte Saganda. She's on. She hasn't won since two thousand. I want to say twelve. Two thousand twelve, maybe the last time she has ten professional wins. But I think last one time she's won is two thousand twelve. So it's been a long drought, but she played well. She finished at in third, tied for third at 20 under with the other uh, Chinese gal, uh, Yen. Uh, she she finished at 20 under. And this Yen girl, she could have, if she would have finished in the top two, number two or something, I think she would have won. She would have moved up to number one in the world. And then for the rest of them, you had like Mega Kane. Megan Kane was 19 under, who's also on the Fulheim uh, Cup. She's really good. Lynn Grant, your favorite person, is favorite LPGA player, tied for seventh. Uh, Tissical, the uh, other Thai girl, she tied for seventh. And uh, who else is it? Allison Lee, who's going to be on the on the uh, Solheim Cup, she tied for tenth. And then the Alexa panel, you know, she just won a, a couple weeks ago. She's another teenager that just won a couple weeks ago. She tied at 12th at, with Nellie Porter at 16 under. And Danielle King tied for 14th. Uh, I'm sorry, Danielle King and Nellie Porter tied for 14th and Georgia Hall. So that was about it. But so, the most amazing story was a uh, the nineteen year old. Really, so, really a good good way to play. So, so we haven't talked about the Solheim Cup teams yet. We were going to do that, but we ran out of time last week, and I decided not to do it on our emergency pod to leave it to you because you know a lot more about women's golf than I do. But uh, can we do it next week though, the Solheim Cup? Because I want to do some reviews of it, of the, the players and get all the all the okay. players. I, I really. I, Let's do it next week, and okay. then I'll have more updates on the full hand All right. I wrote, down, I wrote down all of the players, how many majors they won, uh, what number cup it was for them, and what their world ranking is. So, so, but you, want, we, you mind doing it next week? No, we can do it next week. That's, 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 oh, let's do it next week. That's fine. Okay, cool. All right. So let's, uh, let's do the Walker Cup then. So That was uh, amazing. So the Walker Cup, for people who don't know, is, is kind of the Ryder Cup, but for amateurs. And it does stay, however, between the U.S. and uh, Great Britain and Ireland. And uh, I think a lot of people by now know that the Walker Cup is the same Walker that's in George uh, uh, Herbert Walker yeah. Bush. It's George Bush's. Uh, it's George, great grandfather, right? It's yeah. It's George H. Bush's grandfather and W.'s great grandfather. Uh, and the Walker Cup's basically as old as the Ryder Cup. It's been around that long amazing and i tell you what stacy i you know uh i i wish they had had kind of more exposure for the walker cup because you know i would have wanted to watch more of it it's only two days yeah. as opposed to the Ryder cup which is three days they have a, a doubles a double session in the morning and a single session in the afternoon both saturday and sunday uh but it was really a, a fantastic uh comeback performance by the american team at the old course at st andrews it really was. I mean, uh, by the way, Rich, 
grandfather grandfather Hagestat, how long how much longer he's been on four now how many more is he going to be on oh my gosh he's he i saw the picture at the end and it really was yeah. it's like it's like he's the dad he's like I mean, the grandpa. It's, but it's great i mean i'm sure he could have had a decent pga career if he had wanted to right i mean he played at oklahoma yeah, state i think so he was a top amateur but you know he wanted to go into business i think he's like is he isn't he, he's in finance or insurance or something i yeah it sounds like he's a he's a southern california kid right you know years ago years ago um when when i used to go to my grandfather's club there was a guy named jay siegel and jay siegel was an amateur he had played at Wake Forest. We've talked about him before on this podcast, but yeah, Jay, Jay yeah. Siegel had gone to Wake Forest, you know, Jewish kid from Philadelphia, and came back and was a very, very successful insurance salesman. And, you know, played amateur golf, still played, you know, USAM, still played Walker Cups into his 40s. And then when he turned 50, he went on the senior tour and made a lot of money. I think he won a major or two. He was very successful in the senior, a very successful on the senior tour. Uh, and he had made, you know, he had just didn't go pro. I guess he had had an injury and wasn't ready to go pro when he finished at Wake Forest. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if someday Stuart Hagestad goes on to the senior tour. Uh, you yeah, know. probably. Right. That's probably what he's aiming for. But I, I was just reading this article. It says rude and the unnecessary U.S. celebrations overshadow Walker Cup uh, fight back. Oh, I, 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 I don't know. I didn't see it, but but, you know. Uh, what yeah, I will say, I what I will say is that there was a huge discrepancy. You know, the the Great Britain and Ireland team uh, was ahead, even going into the the last seg uh, segment, the Sunday singles. But if you look at the world rankings, the world amateur rankings, oh. there was a huge discrepancy. Uh, yeah. The number the number one amateur right now in the world, now that Lucas Aberg is a professional, and the other one who graduated is the uh, uh, Dush. Uh, how do you say Duchamon? The the uh, uh, the other kid. Who? Where did he play? The Duchamon. Uh, uh, I gotta I gotta find his name. I think he plays for Belgium. I think he's a Belgian oh, okay. kid. Uh, he played it. He played at the Omega Masters so got, and made the cut. Oh, he did. Oh, okay. uh, uh, yeah, Dumont de Chassard. Yeah, Dumont de Chassard. Um, where did but, he play in college? I thought he played at. Oki State. Oh, okay. I thought he played Oki State. I'm not sure about that. But the number one amateur in the world is Gordon Sargent from Vanderbilt. The number two amateur in the world is Michael Thorbjornsson from Stanford, but he has a stress fracture in his back, so he wasn't playing. Um, the U.S. side was just full of the top amateurs in the world. Uh, uh, Jack Dunlop, who just won the U.S. Amateur, is number five in the world. Uh, yeah. Ford is number, is number four in the world. Uh, Chaz Surratt, number eight. Uh, uh, Grabelchik, number nine. Austin Greaser, number 10. Preston Summerhays, 13. Hagestat, number 19. Uh, Where's the, the, Mar the, the Maranti, uh, number six in the world. I mean, I, and uh, James, number seven. I mean, the last Oh, guy, Dylan Monati is number six in the world? Number six in the world. Good God. And on the on the uh, UK uh, side, the top guy was Jack Goff, who's 14. Uh, Barkley Brown is 26. He goes then, to Stanford, Barkley Brown, yeah, right? 
And then you get a bunch of guys, 31st, 54th, 98th. There were guys who weren't even in the top 100 in the world in, in terms of world amateur ranking. You know what that means, Rich? They're going to have to open up all the continent of Europe. They, they, they're going to have to stop. It, it's going to be more than Great Britain. They're going to have to open it up to everyone, right? But, Don't you think? Yeah, but but uh, uh, it was a great, it was a great I mean, competition. So the, so the uh, Great Britain and Ireland squad took a 3-1 lead on Saturday morning. They won three singles matches. The only U.S. team that won was Sargent uh, and uh, Menanti. Uh, they beat Brown and uh, Mark Power. Uh, but uh, the other three uh, uh, British sides, beat American teams to go up 3-1. And they also had the advantage in the Saturday singles to go up by three points. Uh, the U.S. guys who won were Ch Chaz Surratt, Gordon Sargent, uh, and Stuart Hagestad, and Preston Summerhays. Uh, had a half. So the U.S. is down three points, seven and a half, four and a half, uh, after Saturday. They come back, the U.S. comes back on Sunday morning and wins three out of the four sessions um, with Nolan and Power, the only uh, British side that won, but uh, Surratt and James, uh, Dunlop and Sargent, and Summer Hayes and uh, uh, Gibberlot all win. And then in the singles competition on Sunday, the U.S., uh, gets a big victory in, in, in Sunday singles. I think they only, I, th I think it was what, like, like eight to three and they wind up winning 14 and a half to 11 and a half. And I guess the key match was the Sergeant Goff match. Oh yeah. That, that Sergeant guy. I mean, I've never seen the guy since probably his three wood and drives the green at the old course. It's, you know, everyone knows it's a beautiful hole, but man, that kid is so powerful. He's really going to be a star on the, on the PJ tour. Well, it's good because the U.S. needs, you know, some young guys who are going to be Ryder Cup players. Now, now that you see that, yeah. now that you see that Hovland and Aberg and the Hoygards, they're going to be around for a long time. And yep. uh, at the Rock is a young guy. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, on on the Sunday singles, Chaz Surratt, who, uh, you know, they sent out first. He apparently was kind of the inspirational heart of the team. He wins. Uh, Jack Dunloff ties Barkley Brown. Then Hagestat wins. Uh, Sergeant wins. He's a seventeen-year-old guy. The oldest guy gets the youngest guy. I, I know that. that kid looked so young. Oh my god, that kid was so young. He was oh so young. Uh, Summer Hayes won. Uh, who else? I mean, Greaser, Austin Greaser won, and uh, Ford won. At Ford. The I mean, that team is just stacked. And like I said, I think they're going to have open up. They need to get all the Europe, the rest of Europe, involved in this. You know. I don't know why they don't change it. It would be good to have that. It's like the mirror, the Ryder Cup, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, you know, it's obviously they've done the same thing for the Solheim Cup. And yeah. there are more there are more uh, Swedish golfers on the European uh, Solheim Cup team than there are uh, English golfers. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. I mean, these Swedish, the, the Swedish players, what's going on all with men and women, right? Well, the Swedish men have been good. Well, both of them have been good for a while, really. I mean, it's it's amazing considering how Nordic a country Sweden is, and probably their golf season's really short. But yeah, but you know, on, on you know, they must have they some have, good top golf. They must have good top golf facilities I mean, over there. I mean, Annika Sorenstam is, I think, objectively the, the the top women's golfer kind of of the last fifty years. Wouldn't you say that? Yeah. Absolutely. You know, she had the longest run. I mean, there's others who have been maybe just as good for short periods of time, but Annika Sorenstam was dominating in women's golf for a long time. And 
I mean, there's always someone that comes behind him, right? Who uh, who came after her? The, the Mexican Lorena, girl, Lorena Ochoa. Ochoa, then 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 all the Asian girls and Nelly Corda, and you know, yeah. But still, Annika yeah. Sorensen was it for a long time. Kari Webb was kind of good. Right? Kari, Kari Webb. Webb was on Kari the Kari Webb too. Kari Webb, yeah. It was like it, I think it was like Annika Sorensen's like the the Jack Nicholas of that tour. And then I guess uh, then who comes behind her? Uh, the, the Kari Webb comes behind, and she's like uh, Arnold Palmer, probably right of that tour, where she just can't win. Annika's won, can't break her records, but you can be people really love you. And you can play really very well. So yeah, kind of comparison. I guess. But, but even on the men's team, you know, there are there have been a lot of good Swedish golfers, you know, culminating with with Henrik Stenson winning the, the first major by a Swede. But you know, Carl uh, uh, Pedersen and yep. and Jasper Parnevik. And uh, Robert, Pettison is really American, though. He is Robert Carlson, you know, Robert Carlson. And there were a bunch yeah. of Swedes who played on Ryder Cup teams and were really good golfers. Um, so, you know, it's, it's uh, you know, to me, the, the, what's what's interesting is, is, you know, is the is the advent of how, how good the Danish and Norwegian golfers have been. And even yeah, even some of the Finnish golfers, we I don't think we've seen a Finn on the Ryder Cup team yet, but there's a bunch of Finns uh, who who have you know fared well on the DP Tour lately. And these are just not traditional sports in the. I, I in don't the know. You're right, countries. I don't know how these guys are so good. I mean, they don't. You, it's a short season, like you said. I don't know how they're that good. They must have a lot of indoor hitting facilities, or they must be really just good hand-eye coordination, good athletes. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Anyway, uh, very, very interesting Ryder Cup. Uh, they showed lots of footage. I always show footage of the Ryder Cup of the guy uh, on, on the Walker Cup of guys who eventually made the Ryder Cup. So you saw the pictures of, you know, Ricky Fowler at like 19 years of old, 19 years old. And it was pretty cool to, to see those guys when they were still in college and, and playing on the Walker Cup. team. Well, I tell you what I looked at. I, I've been looking at some uh, over the weekend. I looked at some uh golf channel and they were playing back all the Ryder Cup ones you know and then I happened to go start getting my hats out for the Ryder Cup yes I'm starting to prepare already so I started getting my hats out and I was looking through the years Rich 2014 we have them I have hats for all the years yeah, 14 had- 16 18 20 21 23 already oh my god yep yep very we only missed one year since 2014 where's the Ryder Cup in 2012 uh, it was Medina. in the U.S., right? It was, it was Medina. Medina. That's the one we, we didn't go to. That was we were, our bad year for us. Yeah, yeah we were supposed we were to both, go to it. We were both. Uh, yeah, we were. We both. Were, yeah, we're in in transition. We were in. Transition. Yeah, we were in transition. Yeah, our journey was a little different. That was our journey, like that. Well, it's <laughs> our, a good thing because would you really have wanted yeah. to be there when the U.S. gave up a 10-6 lead on Sunday? That would have been that would have been depressing. Because now, day, now we've yeah. now we've been doing this this podcast long enough, Stacy, that I think we're more objective. We're not, you know, I don't think we're as big homers as we used to be. No, we're not. Uh, we we like all the golfers, you know, pretty much. Ex- you know, I even like Patrick Reed. I mean, yeah, I, so I like Patrick. I not, not so much after he joined Live, but but you know, uh, there's no one. Is there anyone on the European team that you don't like? No, no. I gotta say, I like all those players. I mean, they're some of my favorite players: Fleetwood, uh, Rory, Hovland. You know, those are my favorite players. But out even there. even so, yeah, when, even when we went to, to Hazeltine before we were doing this podcast, we were doing the podcast at Whistling Straits, but we weren't doing the podcast at Hazeltine. And we're the kind of guys that if you're rooting, you know, if there are people around us rooting against being rude and rooting against the Europeans, we're gonna say, hey, 
be quiet. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, yeah, yeah, it's not right. It's, it's going to be great. There won't be many Americans at this, at the Ryder Cup, probably. Uh, but it is easier for the people on the East Coast to get to Rome than it is for guys like us on the West Coast. But there'll be a fair, fair amount of Americans. But you and I will be there. We're diehards. We love golf. We just like being out there. It's going to be fantastic. Hopefully the weather's in the 70s, 80s, and we can just hang out, see a bunch of good golf. And then, and then, and then we have to record it. Then we look for ourselves. Yeah, yeah, we'll record. We'll record after every every event, right? Look for ourselves. All right. Well, before we go, Stace. Um, so this was a, this was a rough. This was you know you you and I are both music fans, and this was a oh, rough man. weekend. Three big names oh. in the world of music died uh, over the oh. weekend. Um, Gary Wright, who yep. is most famous for the song Dreamweaver. Uh, and our love and and uh, uh, your love is alive. Great songs from the seventies. Uh, he passed away of Parkinson's dementia. I, I had the pleasure of seeing Gary Wright twice. Um, I oh, saw, really? I saw him. Um, I I went to a, to an Edgefield concert of Ringo Starr. Ringo Starr and his All Star crew. And Ringo Starr brought out like about eight or nine like other guys to play with him. Uh, Edgar Winter was there. Colin Hay, who was the lead singer of Men at Work, was there. And one of the people he brought out was Gary Wright. Uh, and so I saw Gary Wright at Edgefield. And then I saw him open for Al Stewart a um, uh, couple years later. And so, you know, he was 80 years old, uh, had, had very advanced and very rapidly uh, progressive Parkinson's dementia. Um, God, what's his, is it Jack Hartley? The, is a lead singer of Smash Mouth, died. Smash Mouth died, yeah. Uh, of alcoholic cirrhosis liver failure essentially oh seriously yeah he, yeah he, he drank himself to death unfortunately wow but, you know you know smash mouth not really my taste but you know who 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 in a sporting hey now you're an all-star right now you're an all-star gets game on that's so, a good song yeah it's a good song but but fine from idaho he died in his house in idaho idaho and then and then finally uh are you were you a, were you a parrot head stacy I did. I saw Jimmy Buffett uh, once, and I loved it. I loved every minute of it. I never saw Jimmy Buffett, but I would have loved to have seen Jeff, Jimmy Buffett. I saw him once. It was a thing. I went with my yeah, my ex-wife and, and a bunch of our friends and went to see Jimmy Buffett. It was really fun. Now, did you know that Jimmy Buffett once caddied a practice round in the U.S. Senior uh, in the U.S. Senior uh, Open? He was. A I didn't golfer. know that. I did not know a, that. He was a big golfer. Uh, if wow. He, there was a story in Golf Week. There were pictures of Jimmy Buffett with Tiger. Pictures of Jimmy Buffett with Phil, uh, Jimmy Buffett having just hit a hole in one, and Jimmy Buffett caddied a practice round at the U.S. Senior uh, a few years back for a friend of his. Uh, so he was he was apparently a big golfer. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean it's so sad. And then uh, you know we also who else passed away this week? Uh, Bill Richardson passed away. Oh, the governor, the governor, uh, or of New Mexico, of New Mexico. He worked in. He worked in Clinton's administration, right? In Clinton's administration, Secretary of State was he Secretary of State of Clinton? No, I don't Secretary know. maybe of Interior, but uh, okay, but yeah. he, uh, or Attorney. He, yeah, he was, but he he gets a lot of the credit for bringing Brittany Griner home. Yeah, very yeah. well respected, very well respected. Um, Died in the suite where every man wants to wait every Seven, the way every man wants to die, right? Seventy five years old. All right. Well, I just thought I was, I, you know, I figured we had to, we had to go out today with a, uh, with a Jimmy Buffett song and, yeah, you know, everybody, you know, Margaritaville is probably his most okay. recognizable song. I love, 
I, I can do cheeseburger in paradise in Jimmy yeah. Buffett accents. One of the songs I could, if I was ever to do karaoke, I could do cheeseburger in paradise with that Jimmy Buffett kind of cool Southern accent. But you know what? And the guy was brilliant, Rich. Oh, really? yeah. He was a billionaire, this guy. He oh, was a yeah. business, he was such a business dude, a billionaire. Yeah. He makes all so those, much money from all this shit. Um, but I figured Here. since since it's Labor Day weekend, uh, Jimmy Buffett's probably second most favorite famous song references Labor Day weekend. So I figured we're going to take everybody out and a rest in peace to, uh, JV. to, to Jimmy Buffett, one of the coolest guys of all coolest singers of all time. And I hope the and rock and supposedly one of the nicest, and nicest guys. man. And I hope the rock and roll hall of fame, uh, writes a wrong and gets him in the rock and roll hall of fame. Cause you know, yeah. so he, he belongs there more than Joan Jett. Sorry, Jeff. Yeah. All right. So here's here is uh, come Monday uh, for Labor Day, Jimmy Buffett, and we'll talk to everybody next next week. We'll do a Solheim Cup preview next week, and yep. we'll and we'll predict our pairings next week. And hopefully yep, we'll have we a, hopefully we'll have a great guest on next week as well. Yep. Okay, everyone. Have a great week. And like usual, I'll have I'll have a little bit of an audio visual delay here because. Okay. And this is an ad. All right, here's Jimmy Buffett. In to San Francisco on the Labor Day weekend show.